Welcome to this week's episode of the International Institute of Trauma and Addiction Professionals Education Series. This week, we welcome Jacob Porter as he discusses his topic on the couple-centered recovery disclosure model, an attachment-based process for relational healing. Hi, I'm Jake Porter, and I'm a uh, National Certified Counselor, a CSAT and a CMAT down in the Houston area. I'm the founder and the president of Daring Ventures Counseling, Coaching, and Consultation, LLC. We specialize in the, in, in the, uh, in the treatment of um, addiction and trauma, and um, I'm here presenting uh, this weekend on the couple-centered recovery disclosure model. Uh, couple-centered recovery is something that I've been working on for a few years. Um, the work of Alex Katahakis uh, has really inspired this, as well as the training that I've been doing in couples' work, specifically emotionally focused therapy uh, from uh, Sue Johnson. So, um, in our CSAT training and in the training we do as sex addiction therapists, one of the most important pieces of of that treatment protocol is what we call a disclosure. And this is particularly for people who are in relationships, who've been in relationships and, and are seeking to salvage the relationship through the recovery process. And uh, if discovery is that moment when a partner finds out that um, their husband or their wife has been acting out sexually without their knowledge, when, when kind of that world comes crashing down, um, Disclosure is that first mark that we really aim for in which we seek to do a, a few different things. Uh, one, we want to help the addict to actually own up to the reality of his behavior. We want to help the partner to also know what her reality has been, to understand that she hasn't really been crazy the whole time, uh, that something has been going on. Um, and then from that point, help them to begin rebuilding trust. Without a knowledge of the truth, there can't be trust rebuilt. There can't be a grief over what's been lost. So um, in my CSAT training, I, uh, I recall a, a guy who was a more experienced uh, CSAT say to me that uh, disclosure is necessarily traumatic, um, he even said it's kind of like putting a partner um, right in front of a, an oncoming train, and we're just going to try to help her get through it as best she can because she's about to hear all this stuff. And I remember thinking, wow, that is terrible. Like, that's really, really difficult. And, and I've heard some therapists, thankfully not, not this isn't the, the mindset in, uh, in the ITAP community, but I've heard some therapists um, outside our community talk about this is just content. Tell her not to take it personally. It's just data. Try to help her just, just get the content down, and then we can process it later. But what we know now from interpersonal neurobiology, from studies in adult attachment, we now know that it's impossible for that time of disclosure to just be about content. There is a process going on. And that coupleship, that relationship is in the room and it's going to be affected by the process of the disclosure and then it's going to leave the room different in some way. Uh, we know from 
attachment studies that all of us have these internal working models of self and other, these automatic scripts and templates that certain cues in the environment or in relationships will activate, and then we begin to interpret all of the incoming data uh, through those, those lenses and fit them into those molds, those templates, and then act out those pre-existing scripts. And I think that often what happens, and I watched this happen in many of the early disclosures I did in my own practice, is that we inadvertently um, coach the couple in the disclosure process to reinforce those scripts and those models, things that we know we're eventually going to have to get to and work on. And and if we just talk about getting the information there and and if we just try to bring in the addict and bring in the partner and if if the goal, if if the bar is set at the level of, hey, as long as there aren't any major blow-ups and it doesn't erupt into physical violence and he gets through the whole disclosure and it gets read um, and, and she gets her questions answered, then check. We've done it. If that's where the bar is, I feel like we're really missing an opportunity. So in couple-centered recovery, um, we we really put the dyad, we put the relationship in the center. Uh, We we understand now that addiction is, is very often an attachment disorder at its root and, uh, and that, we, we need healthy connections. We need secure attachments in order to overcome addiction. We also know from trauma, thinking about the partner who's experienced betrayal trauma, we know that, that trauma is, is uh, overcome in part through having those secure relationships in place to help us move through the rewriting of the narrative. So we put that coupleship in the center of the process from the very beginning, And we then leverage the power of the attachment system that is already wired in to us in order to maximize the potential healing that takes place in the disclosure. So what does that look like? Well, uh, of course, we start out with assessment, and there are contraindications for a couple-centered recovery disclosure. You wouldn't do this with someone who's already decided that they're going to leave the relationship. And, of course, if there's any sort of uh, ongoing abuse, the typical kinds of contraindications for any disclosure we're, we're not going to do it. But another one that's really big is, is if there's extreme narcissism, uh, lots of narcissistic traits, tendencies there, then a more traditional disclosure may be more necessary. Not that we don't want to address that narcissism but uh, in the addict, but we don't want to open the partner to further traumatization, which could happen if we're seeking to actually set them up for relational healing, and then he um, reacts in, in shaming ways. So um, so we'll screen, we'll do um, a lot of assessments, all the traditional assessments, but particularly we're going to pay attention to attachment styles. And uh, the ECR, the Experiences and Close Relationship Scale, is built in to the SDI and the IPAST. We're going to look at that because that tells us a lot about 
the affect regulation or dysregulation of both clients. If they're preoccupied, we know that they are probably biased toward a hypoarousal. And if they're dismissive, uh, I'm sorry, hyperarousal, if they're dismissive, they're biased toward that hypoaroused state. And we're going to be mindful of that. And we're going to start working with them on affect regulation in the preparation process. So, for example, with the addict, as we're helping him write that timeline of all his acting out behavior, we're going to be tracking with him. We're going to use our own bodies. This is looking at a lot of Alex's work and her psychobiological approach to sex addiction treatment, um, utilizing a lot of, of that body-to-body, right-brain-to-right-brain connection so that that preparation process is actually an opportunity to prepare him to show up, to be emotionally present, to be grounded. We're going to be looking for when his shame gets triggered in the the timeline and then also in his formal written disclosure. And we're going to pause in those moments and we're going to do some work to to help him um, consolidate and integrate and and learn how to stay present. We're going to do mentalization work and interception work and help him imagine what it's going to be like when he says this to his partner. All of this to prepare him to show up and be in that moment um, in, in in an emotionally and relationally present way. For the partner, as she's working on her clarifying questions, the things she's going to want to ask the addict to to be truthful about, whether this is going to involve a polygraph or not, those questions are fertile ground for us to explore the the underlying anxieties and, and attachment wounds of the partner. So diving into those questions, not making it just about getting that list and and, and getting those questions focused, but getting to the bottom of them. What's the need there? Helping her process that. That's not only going to help her with the questions themselves, it's going to help her remain grounded to not go into states of hyperarousal during the actual disclosure. We're going to work with her on that, teaching her basic breathing and grounding skills and techniques all through that preparation process. All of this so that on the day of the disclosure, when they walk in, we actually take the time to establish an emotional connection. Of course, there's pain. Of course, there's fear. And of course, the, the therapist for both the addict and the partner or a couple's therapist, if, if he or she's present, we're going to be lending our security to, to them as they take this brave step to actually come together and be connected emotionally, which just means to feel one another's presence during the disclosure process. And here's what this does. For partners, so often, that deep underlying attachment issue is that they haven't been seen, they haven't been heard, they haven't been chosen, uh, they haven't known their place because they haven't seen like their husband, their partner has has really seen and valued them in the relationship. Well, when he reads reads his disclosure and is present for it, when she feels him present, seeing her, feeling her, feeling his disclosure, this this is a knowing that goes beyond words. It begins to 
to open up and 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 allow those working models and those scripts about how this particular relationship goes to begin to transform and change and shift. The same thing for the addict who we know those core beliefs of addicts. If anyone ever really knew me, how could they love me? You know, th- those sorts of things. Well, here he is. He's owning He's owning his stuff. He's putting his deepest secrets out there. And yes, it's causing pain. And yes, there may even be anger. But she's there and she feels him. And he doesn't go into his shame experience or his dissociation. And it's overcoming, again, that model and that script. And so there's really this beautiful moment of, um, of mutual healing for each of them individually but also a taste of something different in the relationship. Now, it's not magical, and we tell clients this, that there's a, there's a long way to go. We, we take the couple-centered recovery process into the emotional impact letters and emotional restitution letters that each write, and, and there, rather than, than just having partners think about the different sort of categories of life, physical, medical, relational, educational areas of impact, we help her really go down deep and frame all of that in a way that she's expressing her deepest attachment wounds. And then as he hears that, and again, we're working with him to stay emotionally present, he hears that it, she feels seen and heard at a deeper level. So uh, in, in sum, what we're doing here is we're, we're integrating Um, Some of the latest from the research in interpersonal neurobiology, uh, from emotionally focused therapy, um, from the work that so many other um, CSAT therapists are doing around around the country and around the world. We're putting that together to try to to create a process that is going to leverage that potential attachment for a couple from the very beginning of treatment, um, the first phases of treatment so that they can, they can grow together and heal together. If you'd like to know more, uh, we, w- we would love to talk with you about that at Daring Ventures. You can find us online at daringventures.com. You can call our offices at 855-602-2554. You can email me, jake at daringventures.com. Um, we're excited to keep learning, to learn with you, to learn from you, and to help uh, couples put their relationships back together after being traumatized by sex addiction. Thank you. For more information on ITAP, including upcoming trainings and workshops, please visit us at www.iitap.com.